Hey there, friends. Welcome back to the Happiness Habits Transformation Podcast, the place to discover the happiness habits that an inspiring women have used to transform their daily routines, bringing them clarity, peace, and joy. I'm your host, Michelle Reeve, former life coach and author of the Happiness Habits Transformation. For today's In Between Interviews episode, I want to talk about radical self-care. Often as women, mothers, wives, sisters, daughters, creators, business owners, however we identify ourselves, so much of our daily routines revolve around everyone else but ourselves. We pour our love and attention abundantly over others, but generally only leave a few drops for ourselves. In our always-on world, we've elevated busy to new heights. We often judge success in terms of status symbols and use social media to compare ourselves with hundreds if not thousands of other women that we barely even know. We can easily berate ourselves for feeling behind in the rat race of life and run ourselves into the ground while feeling guilty for taking time out for our own dreams and passions. All this has been said many times before. I was talking about it myself a decade ago. But we don't listen. We think it doesn't apply to us. Just one more push, we tell ourselves. Does that resonate? This is hard enough when we're in our 20s and 30s. But when we hit perimenopause, the symptoms we can experience as estrogen and testosterone levels drop can make that extra push feel like shoving a boulder up a mountain with a 50 kilo pack on our backs. Physical symptoms like tiredness, whether from broken sleep, insomnia or not, aches and pains, stiffness, energy dips, brain fog, weight gain, hot flushes, And mental symptoms like overwhelm, anxiety, loss of memory and focus, mood swings and those great emotional outbursts can all take their toll on how we feel about ourselves, which can have an onward impact on those around us and on our goals and dreams. It's absolutely crucial that we take time to care for ourselves, replenishing our well of self-love regularly enough so that we don't become exhausted, overwhelmed and even resentful and run off to those instant highs of Netflix, sugar fixes and those credit card bills. I believe self-care isn't just a nice to have, it's a necessity for us all. Self-care is not selfish, it's sustenance. But for me, radical self-care doesn't just mean taking a bath with candles and a glass of wine to relax. Although it can look like that, and who doesn't love a hot bath? I know I do. But this can be self-care as a band-aid, papering over our symptoms without solving the heart of the problem. We get out of the bath and dive straight back into the maelstrom of our lives, gulping down a quick bite to eat while standing up because we're preparing a meal for another family member or saying yes to something we really don't have the time for because of a sense of obligation or so as not to offend. See also people-pleasing. So in today's episode, I wanted to share 10 strategies for practicing radical self-care in our daily lives. Let's start off with what is radical self-care? Well, for me, it's about prioritising external self-care practices in combination with internal self-love. 
It's about balance. So the first strategy I want to talk about is building those external self-care practices into our daily routines. And let's be honest here, we know what we need to do to feel good inside our bodies. We know it's not just about going to bed early once we're utterly exhausted, but nourishing ourselves daily with enough opportunities to rest, relax and refresh our bodies and minds. Not just eating healthily or joining a gym when we need to lose five pounds before a holiday, but preparing nutritious food every day, cutting down on caffeine, fizzy drinks and sugar, and leveling up on hydration, healthy fats, vegetables and protein. Moving our bodies daily for more energy, vitality, flexibility and those gorgeous feel-good endorphins. Giving up unhealthy habits like smoking and drinking more than the recommended amount of alcohol. But during perimenopause, external self-care can also mean taking the time to understand more about how our bodies and lives are changing, why we feel the way we do emotionally and physically, and the options available to support us through what is a totally natural, if not always pleasant, transition. For me, that meant researching HRT options and adding that into my daily routine, as well as realigning my priorities and ultimately closing my business. For other women, it's meant switching from running to yoga, reducing certain food groups they've become intolerant to, having cognitive behavioural therapy or changing their working life to allow more time for themselves. Building external self-care into our daily routines means it's part of who we are. It can take some time to build habits like these and I have a whole chapter about habit strategy in the second edition of my book The Happiness Habits Transformation but it can be done. It becomes a priority because we understand that we're a priority. The rest of the strategies I'm going to talk about focus on internal self-love because we also need to nourish ourselves with positive self-thoughts, forgiveness, gratitude and acceptance. And in my experience working as a life coach for over six years, these practices are the ones that are most likely to slip to the bottom of the pile. Now importantly, self-love does not mean self-pity. Self-pity can dress itself up as self-love when really it's an indulgent emotion keeping us stuck. Self-pity looks like making excuses, quitting, not honouring our commitments to ourselves, comparing ourselves negatively with others and living a drama-filled life. But radical self-care is about living life with purpose on purpose, letting our decisions and actions flow from a place of intention making choices that support our dreams and passions rather than just letting life happen to us. And it means being kind to ourselves. Strategy number two, honour how you want to feel and get crystal clear on your purpose in life. Essentially, why are you here and what matters most to you? It doesn't have to be grand or noble in order for you to feel fulfilled. Start by considering how you want to feel each day, how you want to feel when you get up, how you want to feel when you go to bed. Calm, excited, successful, grateful, joyful, accomplished, whatever has meaning for you. Think about what brings you joy. Allow yourself time to discover without judgment what truly makes you feel fulfilled, happy and content. Then begin to consider what thoughts would lead to those feelings 
and what actions you need to take to make those thoughts flow naturally. This is about the art of what we could do rather than what we feel we should do. We all have bills to pay, but it's important to carve out time to honour our passions, dreams and goals, to do what we love without guilt or shame. Intentionally commit to taking one action a day, however small, and schedule it into your calendar. Because let's face it, in our busy lives, what gets planned gets done. Number three, be your own cheerleader. When we practice self-love, we acknowledge and celebrate ourselves rather than waiting for others to approve of us. To love yourself is one of the most radical things you can do, but it's also the most basic natural thing in the world. That doesn't mean it's easy. To fully accept yourself as you are with all your flaws and quirks, and I mean all of them, is an act of courage and defiance in a society that tells us we're not good enough unless we look like models or celebrities or successful people on TV or Instagram. To love your body means accepting its shape, size and ability to move through space. It means honouring how much work it took for this particular body to get where it is today, even if that place isn't where you want it to be right now. So give your inner cheerleader something to cheer about. Make a list of what makes you unique and special and read over it whenever you're feeling low or insecure. If you can, try to add one new thing to the list every day. Then, every evening, celebrate three things that have gone well. Everything counts here, from taking a step towards your goals to giving yourself space and grace to rest or read. Choose a cheerleading outfit. Pick one or two outfits from your wardrobe that make you feel confident and amazing and wear them when you want to give your inner cheerleader a little boost. Number four, respect your boundaries. Set clear boundaries in your life that protect and nurture you, your relationships and your beautiful dreams. Then respect those boundaries by consciously choosing how you spend your physical, emotional and mental resources. We only have so many hours in the day and only so much energy, but all too often we say yes to other people's requests at the expense of our own goals and plans. This may feel like we're just being helpful, something we all want to be from time to time, but if overcommitting becomes our natural reflex so that we're sacrificing our needs and happiness to please others, we can feel trapped by their demands. It can also be a great way to procrastinate and put off things that feel challenging in the short term that will benefit us in the long term, all while telling ourselves we're doing the right thing. Here are three ways I've learned to say no kindly. Pin them near your desk or add them to the notes app on your phone so you've got them handy when someone asks for help and you just don't have the time. No, I'm sorry, I can't take that on right now, but I can help you next week or next month. I'm sorry, I won't be able to get to that until add a day or a week in here. But perhaps I can get you some help another way. And here you can suggest another way you could help, maybe someone else who might be able to help them, for example. I'd love to help, but I'm really busy with an important project right now. And I know I just won't be able to do it justice. And here's where you leave some silence and hold your nerve. 
You could perhaps follow this one up with one of the other responses too, if you need to. Number five, speak kindly to yourself. When we speak unkindly to ourselves using negative thoughts or words, we reduce ourselves from the incredible, complex human being we are to the single element of ourselves that we don't like at that particular moment. When you recognise you're having a negative thought about a part of yourself, pause and take a moment to just consider yourself as a whole amazing person, full of beauty and strength. Think about all the incredible things you've achieved and done in your life so far. Sometimes negative thoughts come from things we regret, but forgive yourself always. It can be hard to forgive ourselves for not being perfect or for making mistakes when we're trying so hard to do the best thing for our body and mind. But it's important that we all remember we are human beings with limits and faults and that those things don't make us any less worthy of love or happiness or success. Let's make a special effort to love and appreciate our very own special uniqueness without judgment. We're all perfectly imperfect and we're meant to be that way. Number six is a similar but slightly different practice, which is giving yourself permission to make mistakes without self-criticism, regret or remorse. All too often we hold back our brilliance and resist sharing our amazing gifts with the world because we worry about what other people will think of us. Remember, there is no such thing as failure. Every challenge is part of our journey and a valuable opportunity to learn what doesn't work along the way so we're one step closer to what will. Remember, every baby falls down multiple times as it learns to walk. You don't see babies giving up because it gets hard. They just get up and try again as their brain integrates the learning from each fall into another attempt. Number seven. Take responsibility for your actions and reactions. It's easy to blame others or our circumstances for how we feel. But when we do that, we're giving away our power to make ourselves happy. When we come to understand that it's our own thoughts and the meaning we create inside of ourselves about those thoughts that in turn creates our behaviours and ultimately our results, we can claim back our power and the ability to choose how we want to think act and feel. Number eight, live in the present. So often we live in the past, don't we? Rehashing past experiences or we live in the future worrying about what might happen. We berate ourselves for conversations we've had, replaying them over and over in our minds. Or we create future worlds of catastrophe and drama, planning for the negative and living in fear. Instead, let's make a commitment not to live constantly in the past or the future, but in the present. We can't control what's happened and we can't know what will be. The only true reality is right now in this moment. And it can be a beautiful gift of sensations and choices. To bring yourself back to the present, close your eyes and focus on your feet. Feel the ground beneath them supporting you. Take a deep breath in and out and say to yourself, in this moment, I am complete, alive, and full of delicious potential. Another way to live in the moment is to keep a gratitude journal. Write down three things that you're grateful for right now. 
You can use all your senses to bring this practice to life. What can you see, hear, taste, touch or smell that you can feel thankful for? There's a huge bank of research supporting this particular practice and crediting it with multiple benefits for our mental and emotional health. Number nine, use comparison to inspire you. It's completely natural for us to compare ourselves with others and social media has made this easier than ever before. But we never really know what it's like to live someone else's life. And we can fall into the trap of what Steve Furtick calls comparing our behind the scenes with other people's highlight reel, obsessing about other people's brilliance while we downplay our own successes. Instead, pick role models that inspire you to live your most authentic, intentional life with passion, joy and integrity. Remind yourself we all have the same 24 hours in every day and that if someone else has accomplished something, overcome challenges or achieved a goal, you can too. Daily inspiration is one of my happiness habits and in chapter two of my book I share this story about one of my earliest inspirations. When I was 15 years old a new English teacher started at my school. Miss Howard was tall and slim, her straight dark brown hair was flecked with silver and her mind was as sharp as a razor. I loved her instantly She was the first woman outside of my family to truly inspire me. It's partly thanks to her that you have this book in your hands, I suppose, as she cemented the love of writing I always had as a child into a passion that kept me up late into the night, completing assignments with a fervour my other subjects never benefited from. One of the things that inspired me most about Miss Howard was that teaching wasn't her first profession. She was also a barrister. Sometimes she'd be away from school for a few days, busy working with her clients or at court, and I remember how much this impressed me. I remember thinking how brilliant it was that she was so talented she could have more than one job and still have time to personally inspire each of us in the classroom to be the best that we could be. The tricky boys in the class soon realised that her courtroom experience and wordsmithery made her the master of the amiable put-down. They begrudgingly accepted her before, I believe, coming to admire her as much as I did. Miss Howard was able to do something remarkable. She looked into each one of us and saw a potential that we didn't yet see in ourselves. She opened the door to opportunity for some, to imagination for others, and to endless possibility for me. When she left the school a year or so later, I was devastated, but I never forgot the mark she left on me. The mark of inspiration. Number 10. Have a mental detox. To stay healthy and strong, our minds need to rest, recharge and process the events of our day. But with so much external stimulation from TV, the internet, music, our kids, social media, email and other people, it can be really hard to take a mental time out. We get addicted to the cycle of stimulation seeking and reward and the chemicals that that process releases in our brains. It's really important to break that cycle as much as possible, particularly before bed. Switch off your phone or just the notifications for a period of time each day. And there are apps to help with this like Quality Time and Forest. Clearing the mental clutter in your mind that saps your energy by getting all the worries, thoughts and ideas out of your head and onto paper is so helpful. This can work particularly well before you sleep so that you're not going over things in your mind while you're trying to rest. 
You can make it part of a bedtime routine that allows your mind to wind down and prepare for sleep, including not looking at any screens for at least 30 minutes before you go to bed. Practice focusing on what's important rather than what seems urgent and try to work on one thing at a time. Multitasking is actually a fallacy and research shows that it lowers productivity, increases errors, slows you down, distracts you, decreases the quality of the task itself, causes stress and can lead to burnout. Finally, give yourself the gift of a walk outside in nature or meditation if it appeals or perhaps just quiet time away from the noise and busyness of daily life. Okay, so that's my top 10 strategies for radical self-care, creating a balance between external self-care and internal self-love. And remember, as I said at the beginning of this episode, self-care isn't selfish, it's sustenance. I'd love to hear from you about your own self-care practices. Drop me a comment where you're listening today or in the show notes at my website, michellereeveswrites.com or on Instagram, where you'll find me as at Michelle Reeves Writes. It really does make this more of a conversation between us. And before I go, just a quick reminder that the second edition of my book, The Happiness Habits Transformation, is out now in paperback and ebook. My hope is that with this new edition, sharing how the eight habits are grounding and supporting me through my perimenopause journey, plus case studies of people who have woven the habits into their own lives, you'll have the tools you need to create your own happiness habits transformation, whatever stage of life you're in. A simple daily routine to release you from the habit of negativity, boost your self-esteem and help you finally plan out and achieve your biggest, most exciting goals. You can buy your copy from Amazon and all good bookstores, or you can buy a signed copy directly from me while stocks last. Links are in the show notes. Okay, that's it for today's show. Until next time, bye for now.